Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. This morning, we're looking at negative leads on Wall Street, although Asia seems to be reacting very differently. But one of the significant developments on Wall Street or overnight in the US, Ryan, is, how should we call it, a bit of a crypto wipeout? Yeah. I would call it a wipeout. In fact, it all started with the implosion of this stablecoin called TerraUSD, or also known as UST. This really sparked panic across the crypto space, just selling, getting selling, and people just pretty much having a bit of a bank run of sorts. Yeah, so yeah. that's what happened in the past 24 hours. $200 billion worth of market value being wiped out. But things seem to have calmed down somewhat. So if you've been... Uh, Following the past week, if you're a fan of roller coasters, this would have been a great week for you. But let's get a bigger picture of where this goes from here. If you have an online, Manpreet Gill, he is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Manpreet. How are you doing today? Morning, Ryan. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. TGIF, Manpreet. But it's a very interesting Friday. We have a Friday 13th, so it's quite an interesting one with the backdrop of how cryptocurrencies are being shaken up. What's your takeaways from what's been playing out in the crypto space? Is there a risk of a spillover to other market assets? Well, I think that's a good point because I think what's interesting is that the volatility we're seeing today sort of ended up coinciding, perhaps somewhat unintentionally, with the Fed releasing its financial stability report, which exactly warned of you know, how vulnerable stable coins could be and how we could have sort of recent, you know, have runs on those because of a lack of assets, uh, a significant amount of assets behind them. But at the moment, I'd argue, look, that there is connections between, you know, uh, the crypto markets and, and more traditional financial markets, at least based on information we have today, seems to be relatively limited, but it's a risk you can't ignore. And I think if anything, it feeds into, you know, two themes that we've been speaking about for a long time regarding cryptos, which is first, they are volatile. And I think the most recent episode is just one example in, in many we've seen over the past years. So, you know, investors do need to treat them with care. But also that, you know, regulation is most probably going to be quite key. And mm. if anything, there's a risk that this episode, you know, triggers, uh, you know, regulators become a little bit more active. Yeah. So going back to fundamentals, Manpreet, I've been hearing from many companies across the earnings season. What's been your takeaway so far? We've been hearing as well about policy tightening. Should we be expecting growth to moderate for these earnings? Well, I think we expect growth to moderate somewhat, but that's more of a macroeconomic call because, and that's more a view that growth has been unusually high and, and we're still seeing, you know, growth sort of reverting back uh, towards trend. But from an earnings perspective, and whether you look at the US or even Europe, the actual earnings have actually ended up being quite strong. And I think that's quite important to highlight because it does jar against what market sentiment has been in the first four months of the year. But if you look at the US, for example, I mean, earnings expectations, if anything, have been revised up from about 6% at the start of the season to over 10% today. We've seen even higher earnings in Europe. So if anything, that's testament to the fact that, yes, there are concerns. The market needs to reprice what the Fed may do, but the underlying earnings so far remain quite strong. Yeah, my talking about repricing and looking for value in the market. Uh, where are you looking for value these days with the rising rates environment? Well, I think we've had a, a pretty miserable four months, but the, the flip side of that is it's starting to create value in quite a few pockets. I mean, equities, of course, are one of them. And look, you can debate how much value has been created. Uh, clearly, some markets like, like China and Asia, Japan equities, there's clearly a lot of value there right now. I mean, whether you look at their own history or relative to markets, but even more, more ele- markets for more elevated valuations like the US, you know, uh, mm. they have come off uh, to a significant degree. Uh, but I also wouldn't ignore corporate bond markets. You know, after a long time, we begin to see, you know, valuations 
inflation start to ease and, and yields sort of, you know, going back into more, more attractive levels. You know, a diversified basket of income assets, you know, market V-track, for example, is now, you know, yielding well around uh, 5.5% or so. So there are many areas where we think, you know, the value is being to emerge. And if anything, if the, what we've seen the last few days of the correlation between equity and bond markets finally starting to normalize a little bit, we think that might be a good opportunity to start lock in some lock in some of this value, uh, at least with the six to twelve month horizon. And look at China, Manpreta. We've been hearing from policymakers, especially um, Premier Li Keqiang, talking about the urgency to support the economy and jobs with fiscal and monetary policy. Is this the time right now to expose or increase exposure in China? Absolutely. I think for long-term investors, we believe the answer is yes. I think the key challenge is that there's been a lot of focus on short-term technicals where markets have absolutely you know, struggled to find a bottom and, and perhaps may continue to do so for another few weeks. But we think that's sort of correlated to trying to get past the most acute phase of the COVID lockdowns. But when you start looking beyond that, spoke about valuations, which are quite attractive, clearly, no matter where you look in Chinese markets. Uh, and you're seeing many measures of, of stimulus or, or, or measures of uh, long-term efforts, uh, like the credit impulse, you know, measures of credit are clearly turning higher. And those, you know, tend to feed through equity and, and economic growth, you know, with a lag of a few months. Uh, but those are clearly turning higher. So we think from a longer term picture is improving. Uh, and we have a pretty attractive sort of fundamental starting point. I think the key is just, you know, getting mm. over the short term horizon and ensuring markets find a bottom. So, so longer term, we'd be adding. And Manpreet, just to wrap things up, uh, looking back in the past week, we've been getting some inflation data from China and the US hotter than expected. And there's been also talk about how we might be seeing peak inflation. So I'm just wondering where you sit on this and what does it suggest for the rising strength of the US dollar? Is that also likely to peak soon? Well, I think all of those points you raise are really good ones and I think they all link back to the bigger question of are we at a peak in sort of Fed rate hike expectations because I think that's the key implication, especially of inflation and that's the key channel into the US dollar and in fact many other asset classes. And I think the inflation report sort of didn't quite 100% get us there but there are components of that that are encouraging. I mean, durable goods inflation does appear to be showing signs of peaking for example. So I think we may need a little bit more data and confirmation uh, to, to really get a firmer view of whether inflation has indeed peaked. But we do believe we're close. We do expect inflation to, to, to tail off in the second half of the year. Uh, and for the US dollar, we think that actually supports the view that the dollar itself may be closer to peaking because it's been the rise in Fed expectations. That's really what's been pushing the dollar you know, so much in the first part of this year. But if that comes to a pause, then the dollar itself may also take a breather, particularly if we start to see expectations start to rise in Europe, uh, which are only beginning to kick off now. That's right. So the US dollar versus Sing dollar now at 1.395, a near two-year high. So something to watch out for down the road. We've been training Manpreet Gill. He is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Manpreet, have a great Friday and a great way in advance. Thanks very much. Have a great long weekend ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.